0: Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, I think we have a great show lineup for today. Once again, um, you know, we're going to start off talking about. The eight very smart facts about Roth IRAs. Roths are smart. They are very smart, and, and and apparently the facts say that the people that have Roths are just very smart people.
1: They do smart things. They
0: do smart things. So we're gonna talk about how smart Roths are and the facts that support that. Very interesting tidbit. It's, uh, list of facts here that we've come up with.
1: Yeah, and Steve, we um the the next topic is going to be a little self promotion here. We don't do that very often, but we do get questions frequently from people coming in and saying, "Hey, why would we use uh, an advisor like you?" And so there's been studies in the past um that show the value of advisors and what they can do for their clients. So. We're just going to dive into that a little bit. Um, there's some detailed things talking, talking about taxes and so forth, but we're going to look at the, um, how financial advice adds value um, to a lot of folks. And it's not right for everybody out there, but we'll kind of do that debate a little bit as we go through that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And good information too. So I, I like that. And, uh, By the way, my name is Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 22 years experience providing financial planning and investment advice.
1: And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 25 years.
0: Yeah, we're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon.
1: Yeah, go to our website, moneymd.net. That's where the podcasts are located. We also have the Historical Podcast. You can go back and listen. I think we're up to 200 shows now. Over, Over 200. 200. So it's amazing. So been doing this for a long time now. A lot of good topics out there. And also Facebook. We have a Facebook page and a Twitter account. So you can go and search at MoneyMD, and we have some good tips out there as well.
0: Absolutely. And do check us out on our website. A lot of great resources out there. We even have a financial projection engine on there where you can plug in your information, and it will email you a financial projection. So... You know, retirement projections, so very useful website. you want to check that out. You can also link to us there and email us your questions. Um, We'd love to hear your comments and your questions, so you can email us directly at info at net.
1: I know you want to talk about sports, but I wanted to make sure that you realize that the uh, South Carolina women's soccer team made the Final Four. That
0: is amazing. They are Charlie. playing
1: um, today, Friday, as a matter of fact. Wow, so and I had that on Final my calendar
0: four. too to tune into that.
1: Yep, and they, uh, you know, so they've had a really good, you know, sports season. So um, it's incredible. Moving I, right we, along,
0: South Carolina is just amazing, moving aren't they? Right along. They are amazing. Not to mention that game last weekend.
1: Yeah, what much of a game was it? I think it was over after that pick six <laughs> well, in the first quarter. Well,
0: you know, I hate it. <laughs> The tide was against them. They were playing against the wind, no doubt. No I
1: mean. doubt. I think, um, Georgia Tech probably feels the same way as South Carolina because Georgia really put it on yeah, Georgia Tech little, as well. And
0: Clemson but
1: looked really good. I mean, d- definitely deserved to be number one. I hey, have to, you know, I'm
0: a, I'm a, not we, a sore loser. We appreciate that. <laughs> we know? do. You know, I mean, back to number one. Yeah. I mean, obviously we couldn't be happier. Um, I, I hope it's long lived and not short lived. Yeah. I mean, it could end. It in end tomorrow.
1: Well, you never know. But they did great. It was a good game and um, four in a row. So, you'll have one more year before you eclipse the five in a row. That's true.
0: The five in a year in was, was brutal. So... Payback is you know, heck. is payback. Yep. That's right. So Moving right here along. We go. <laughs> Moving right along. We're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week.
1: Yeah, this um, financial fact is um, from the IRS. And um, interesting, uh, last, or actually, two years ago in 2015, about 150 million tax returns were filed. Um, about two thirds of those, right at 100 million, um, actually paid federal tax. Why? While a third. Of the returns are about fifty million paid no income tax at all. So wow. interesting. Um, you know, we're going through the um, the tax overhaul right now in the Senate and in uh, Congress. We'll see if that is passed. But um, you know, it's interesting. A third don't pay any taxes at this point. We'll see what happens when they they pass the new legislation if they do um probably be similar numbers but that's a lot 50 million pay no taxes
0: yeah and i think that's probably going to increase with the tax overall because the deductions going up increasing going right. up significantly and despite what i think some in congress say you know i mean i think it's going to be a, a win-win for just about everybody if that passes and hopefully they'll make the filing simpler i mean this is it's pretty brutal to imagine 150 million people file and why do the people that pay no taxes have to file? Mm-hmm. Or why, do, why wouldn't they just not have to file?
1: Or they have a just a postcard they yeah, send in. Yeah, just Something very say, simple.
0: don't know anything or something. I don't know. that. Uh, yeah, that's a system that definitely needs fixing. So hopefully they'll make some progress on that very soon here. Um, so that leads us up here to our first topic, and that is the eight very smart facts about Roths. John, this is an article out of the Investment Company Institute here out just very recently, and, uh, you know, Roth accounts, retirement accounts, are the choice for millennials, and for very good reason. They are a very good deal, especially for young people. Roth IRAs, you know, it's an after-tax IRA where you pay taxes before you put the money in, but it grows tax-free, and you can take it out totally tax-free after age 59 and a half. Um, And you also get access to your original contributions after five years. So, um, you know, it's an especially good deal for young people, but it's a great choice for every investor. And it gives you some very important flexibility to control your tax situation in retirement if you have a significant holding of Roth IRA money Mm -hmm. out there during retirement. The Americans held almost $8 trillion in IRA accounts, in all IRA accounts at the end of 2016, with Roth IRAs gaining Ground and they're accounting for about 660 billion of that money, so you know, getting close to 10 percent of all IRA money. And of course, due to rollovers from traditional 401k plans, IRAs, the traditional IRA is still the most common type of IRA that was created back in 1974 by ERISA. Mm -hmm. You know, the income retirement. Income Security Act or something like that. But the second most common type of IRA is the Roth IRA. That was created in 1997 by the Taxpayer Relief Act. And it is gaining ground, particularly with younger generations. Furthermore, if you look at the facts surrounding Roth IRAs versus regular IRAs, you could almost conclude that Roth IRA account holders are simply smarter And the typical IRA account holder,
1: John. They're generally smart.
0: They must be pretty smart (laughs) here when you look at these facts, you know. So stay tuned and you'll see what we mean by that. But first, let's get started with the facts. The first fact here is that Roth IRA investors are younger than the average IRA investor. People of all ages own IRAs, but Roth IRA investors tend to be younger than regular IRA investors At the end of 2015, 31% of Roth IRA investors were younger than 40 compared with only 16% of traditional IRA investors. And only 25% of Roth IRA investors were older than 60 compared with 40% for traditional IRA investors. You know, this age pattern kind of reflects the different key roles of Roth IRAs, which tend to be opened by contributions, Versus traditional IRAs, which tend to be open with rollovers, you know which is an activity that usually occurs later in one 's career at retirement so that 's the first fact, roth IRA account holders tend to be younger yeah, and the
1: second one here is that uh, roth iras um, they, the folks that own those typically own, uh, add more money than IRA investors. you know Roth IRAs can be open with contributions, conversions, or rollovers, but in a typical year, the most common path to the to the Roth IRA ownership is through contributions. And you look back in 2015, 71% of new Roth IRAs were opened only with contributions. And in contrast, about 9%, um, there were some conversions from an IRA to a Roth, and then 15% were opened with rollovers. So if you have a Roth, you're likely to add more than if you have just an IRA account.
0: That's very smart.
1: That is smart.
0: I like that. We like after-tax money. Adding money money to your account. Very, very smart. Yeah, the third one here is Roth IRA account holders display persistence in their contribution activity. The contribution activity for Roth investors um, sheds light on the persistence of those contributions. And in 2014, 32% of Roth IRA investors made contributions And 39% of those contributing did so at the limit. They put the maximum amount in. In addition, individuals using Roths tend to contribute from year to year. They tend to do it every single year. For example, 67% of Roth investors contributing to the limit in 2014 also did it in 2015 as well. Again, very smart.
1: Yeah, contributing to the limit. Fifty five hundred is the limit up to fifty and then sixty-five over the age of fifty. So exactly. That is smart. I like it. I like that. Here's another one. Um most people that have Roth they use a financial professional. In 2016, 70% of Roth IRA owning households held their Roth IRAs through investment professionals, and about thirty-four percent had opened um, you know, directly with a mutual fund company or maybe a discount brokerage. The investment professionals most commonly used by uh, Roth IRAs, um, the owners, they were full-service brokerage firms and also independent financial planning firms like ourselves as well. And the most commonly used, you know, direct source was with a mutual fund company directly or, you know, 21% roughly um, held them directly with the uh, the, the mutual fund company as well. So um, people are using, that use Roths are using financial professionals.
0: Pretty smart as well. There you go. <laughs> Number four, we may say so ourselves. Number five here on the list is equity holdings are by far the largest component of Roth IRA investings, invest, investments. Again, that's very smart to invest in equities in your Roth. Equities and equity funds, that is stock funds, were the largest component of Roth IRA investor accounts. At the end of 2015, 79% of Roth IRA assets were invested in equity holdings between funds and individual stocks and the equity portion of these target date retirement funds. So asset allocation in Roth IRAs varies with investors. The older investors tend to have lower concentration in equities. Um, this partly attributable to, you know, the working with a financial professional, which tends to increase the holding inequities.
1: Yeah. I, I'm sure you do something similar, but when someone has multiple accounts and they have a certain risk profile, um, yeah. if you're going to be aggressive, um, in an account, a Roth account is a great account to be aggressive in. Cause if you want, if it's going to grow big, you have, you know, after tax money.
0: And people so. tend to take money out of Roths last mm-hmm. because you don't have an RMD at age 70 and a half. So why not be more aggressive in the Roth IRA? It tends to be a smaller account. Now that's smart. That's very, very smart. I like it. Number six here is Roth IRA owning households tend to have a retirement plan with many components. Now that is very smart. <laughs> 80, 68% of Roth IRA account holders in 2016 indicated they have a strategy for managing their income and their assets in retirement. These households often reported that their strategy had multiple components. 62% of the households set aside an emergency fund Mm -hmm. as part of their strategy, um, and 75% reviewed their asset allocation. 69% of households developed a retirement income plan. 54% reviewed their insurance policies. 67% determined their retirement expenses and half determined when to take Social Security benefits with households age 60 and older more likely to have done so compared with households younger than 60, which of course makes sense. And 74% of Roth IRA owning households had a strategy that took three or more steps in developing their strategy, mm, so some detailed planning detailed planning very, very smart
1: yeah, and this kind of goes along with it as well. Um, you know They consult a financial professional when cre- when creating this retirement strategy about sixty eight percent reported they had a strategy for managing income and assets in retirement and creating their strategies often you know had multiple steps to it. Uh, the households typically seeking help when uh, building their retirement income and asset management strategy. About seventy-three percent of these households that owned Roth IRAs, they consulted with a financial professional when uh, creating this strategy. Uh, about thirty-one percent consulted a website and you know family members and so forth. So um, by far, what we what the study shows is that if you have a Roth IRA, you, you have a plan and a strategy, and and you're working with a financial professional in a lot of cases. So That's pretty
0: smart. Very smart indeed. I like (laughs) it. All right. The last one here on the list is few Roth IRA investors take withdrawals. Now, how smart is that? They don't take money out. I love it. Yeah, very few Roth IRA investors take withdrawals from their Roth IRAs in any given year in contrast to traditional IRAs, which require investors to take money at age 70 and a half and older um, to take their RMDs. Also, Roth IRAs don't have RMDs, so they don't have to do that. Also, um, you know, as a result, the withdrawal activity is much lower in Roth IRA accounts. In 2015, while there were only 4% of Roth IRA investors aged 25 or older that had withdrawals, 23% of traditional IRA investors had withdrawals, Um, so much higher percentage. Early withdrawal penalties... You know, it can apply to both Roth and traditional IRAs if you're under 59 and a half, So you don't want to do that. But the point is, if you have a Roth IRA, you're much li- less likely to take money out of that account than you're out of a traditional IRA. So, again, again, pretty smart. So when you look at, you know, all these facts, I mean, Roth IRA account holders are just smart people, John. That's what the facts say. That's what the facts say. I mean, they add money consistently. They get help when they need it. They diversify. They have a retirement plan. They take fewer withdrawals. Very smart people. So if you want to be one of these smart people, you need to open a Roth IRA and contribute to it regularly.
1: It automatically makes you smart, right?
0: I think it must. There's some other steps in there,
1: but it is is a good – it can be a really um, great – piece of your financial plan. Um, Absolutely. You know, we we certainly believe in them. Getting the match from your company is also another very important uh, portion as well. So if you have questions, give us a call.
0: Absolutely. Great. All right. And that leads us up here to the question of the week.
1: Yeah, this has to do with college savings. And um, how is an ESA, Education Savings Account, different than a 529 plan. So i I guess I'll give the overview on the ESA and you can jump in on the 529. So okay. ESA education savings account, um, you can only put $2,000 per child in there. So there is a cap on that. Uh, there are also some income limits, um, as well. If you're, you know, a married couple, it's, you know, roughly 190,000. If you make over that, then, um, you may not be eligible. Um, single, it's about 95. So there are some income thresholds that if you make more than that, you can't contribute. You can also do an ESA with, um, uh, really any company out there, the swabs, um, TD Ameritrade, we do ESAs for our clients as well. So it's something that you can manage directly. Um, everything is, is tax free when it grows, um, when you pull it out for college. So, um, the 529 is similar in some of those respects, but also different.
0: Yeah. And I would add the ESA can also be used for secondary education, right? you know, private education, whereas, um, you know, a 529 plan cannot. Yeah, the 529 plan is for college. It's a state sponsored plan. So there's at least one for every state. And the limit though for the amount of money you can put in a five twenty nine plan is huge. It's over four hundred thousand dollars. So it's a huge limit, more than most people would ever conceive of putting inside of a, a five twenty nine college savings plan. But the money is uh again, it's it's tax it's tax free when you take it out for qualified education expenses. It can only be used for college. Um, there are
1: no no income limits.
0: It's no income right. limits on it, unlike <laughs> an ESA. It's a, you know, above the line deduction for money that goes in there. Um, uh, well, I take that back. It's a state deduction state, for money right. that goes in there. Um, from and every mo- state is mo- different. Every state's different. Some of them have limits on that, but usually you get some state tax benefits mm-hmm. for putting money in. It comes out totally tax free, just like an ESA. So um, you know, it's a little bit different. You can put a lot more money in it. So if you're pretty sure your, your, your kid's going to be going to college and you're putting money in just for college and you want to put a lot in, the 529 plan is usually a better option for that. So great, great question of the week. All right. And that leads up to our next topic here. And that is uh, financial advice adds value. So I'm going to do a little self-promoting here. Um, a little bit. Indirectly. <clears throat> we didn't write this article.
1: Yeah, no. This came from Putnam Investments, and um, we we are asked that question. Someone comes in that doesn't know us, and they're like, "Hey, I can go to Swab or Fidelity and do this myself." And that's true. There are different op- options out there, and some people are are able to um, maneuver all the complexities, but it can be complex. And um, you know, we're going to kind of go through some of the things, some of the complexities where a financial advisor um, can help and make the biggest impact. So there's there's certainly been research on the value of this advice, um, you know, examined over the years, there's a range of uh, variables and, and of the factors analyzed, there's general agreement that, um, advisors can make a significant impact, a positive impact in three key areas. And the first one we're going to dive into Steve is the portfolio construction. And really that's looking at asset allocation. How do you how do you take your money and how do you put it into different categories and also rebalancing as well. So, you know, one of the things that advisors do is looking at the different investments that you should include in your, in your financial plan. And also how, how do you weight them? How much do you have in bonds? How much do you have in stocks? Um, maybe shifting them over time as well as you get closer to retirement and it can be a very complex undertaking in large part because the solution really may be different for every individual and household you know, a lot of do-it-yourself investors, they look at online tools and calculators to identify how much to save. Um, Investments designed with automatic diversification features can help some of those target date funds that we talk about, but many people can still benefit from advice on how to properly use um, such products. And, um, you know, small cap stocks is one area that we see a lot of people don't have a lot of exposure to. And, Historically, it's been a really good place to invest, but it has to fit into a, an overall process that's important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so the advisor, what they, what they add to the table here in this process, the value they add is, you know, the allocation task. Um, they can leverage knowledge of the asset classes, looking across a range of investable assets and help select the best portfolio, um, create a best portfolio that fits an individual risk tolerance, time horizon, personal goals, and their financial situation. You know, and so an advisor's expertise can make a considerable difference in keeping an investment portfolio on a disciplined course by maintaining the appropriate diversification, acting on opportunities, and monitoring financial markets to adjust you know, the portfolio in response to new research or or variables such as correlations and valuations that Mm -hmm. change over time. So, you know, studies have shown this actually adds adds return and adds value to portfolios.
1: Yeah, we see people that are looking at the markets and they look at five year track records or 10 year. And, you know, U.S. large stocks have done very, very well um, over the last five to 10 years. So people, what we see in some cases are are you know buying just those asset classes, and historically that's very very dangerous. So, uh, as an example, in two thousand sixteen, small cap stocks made north of twenty five percent, whereas the S and P five hundred made about you know twelve. So um, having a good diversified portfolio can can help you reach your goals. It doesn't mean that you won't go down when the markets go down, but being diversified is is very very important. And another piece of the puzzle here, Steve, is is tax efficiency. One of the things that that advisors can help with is, is um, you know where you put your assets and also tax efficient withdrawals. Now we talked about Ross a minute ago. I know we both spend a lot of time when clients are pulling money out. Which bucket do we pull it out of that can minimize taxes? So, you know, it's just as important as building your savings, knowing when to withdraw your assets and from where. It's critical. I mean, the effects of inflation and taxes, as well as some of the longevity questions, can certainly complicate you know your decision making process. So yeah you know, we see life expectancies increasing um our savings really needs to last longer so you know one of the things we see advisors can do and add value is developing you know an investment strategy that looks at some of these challenges that looks at um withdrawal strategies and so forth so taxes are an important piece of the equation and it does get complicated um you know we have quite a bit of experience in that we're not CPAs we certainly coordinate with CPAs, but we do help with these um, tax-efficient withdrawals.
0: That's right. Except for Josh. He's a CPA. <clears throat> Josh is a CPA. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right Amen. here in our office. Yeah, asset location is part of the process, and it refers to a strategy of owning investments within accounts to, to maximize tax efficiency. You know, for example, some taxpayers may consider holding a larger percentage of stocks outside of their IRA accounts and their qualified plans to benefit from the lower long-term capital gains and dividend tax rates. Um, withdrawals from retirement plans are generally taxed at at ordinary income rates while, um, you know, withdrawals from our income created inside of a taxable account outside of an IRA is taxed at long-term capital gains rates in many cases mm-hmm. and qualified dividends rates. So that can be a significant tax advantage. So non-IRA assets you know, would have an advantage over IRA assets in terms of taxes. So we look at all that. That's part of the process that mm-hmm. an advisor brings to the table.
1: Yeah. And and kind of going along with the strategic withdrawals and rebalancing and so forth, Um, you know, we start generating income and you have multiple accounts. I was working on this for a client this morning and, you know, we've gone through the retirement plan and determined how much money they can take out. And now the decision is, all right, you need to take out 30000 a year. Where do you pull it from? Well, this client had two Roth accounts and, a, and an IRA account, and they're going to be in a very low tax bracket. So taking into their specific situation, what is the most advantageous, you know, at this point in time based on our knowledge, where to pull it out? And that's one of the things um, that we look at in, in addition to some other things like Social Security.
0: Yeah, so questions like <clears throat> when should I file Social Security benefits is very important. Or how much can I safely withdraw from my accounts in retirement? You know, what accounts should I withdraw income from first? You know, an advisor, you know, may help provide perspective on these issues, including guidance on executing a tax-efficient withdrawal strategy in retirement. So that that's part of the whole process that, you know, when we sit down with clients, we look at and uh, – you know, part of the things that we bring to the table.
1: Yeah. And I'm not sure all advisors do that. I know that we do that as a part of our process. And I think our clients certainly appreciate, you know, if we can try to save taxes and try to be efficient with that, that's very important to most folks that come through our door. Um, The third thing here is Steve is really um, it's really on the behavioral side and, and it's really the long-term focus commitment to saving and considering the many financial challenges we face in life, paying off debt and having emergency funds you know, some folks have, you know, kids' education they want to take care of. You got your retirement. Um, it's understandable why most people are overwhelmed with this. It is, it can be very complex. And with decisions that involve such personal issues as income and spending and, you know, life goals and you have the emotional side. Um, you know, you, you watch TV and what's happening with North Korea and the tax bill and all the politics and everything. Uh, a lot of times it's easy to take your eye off the ball and, so one of the things that an Advisor can can do is 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 talk to you, educate, um, and also give you a perspective on staying focused on the long term, avoiding making some decisions based on short term market fluctuations and, and headlines. And one of the ways we do that is through a retirement plan, and we spend a lot of time on retirement.
0: That's absolutely right. It's estimated that seventy percent of Americans lack a long term financial plan. So working with an advisor not only helps prevent the emotional decision driven, you know, type process that a lot of investors go through, but it also provides investors with a guide to the investment process. Um, Investors, they have to be engaged in this process and committed to a long term financial plan and a long term retirement plan, you know, particularly because it's easier. It's easy to get steered off track. You know, so according to uh, this lady Sarah uh, Newcomb, a Morningstar behavioral economist, financial health entails both economic and emotional stability, and you know that's certainly <clears throat> something that we try to try to help clients with as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, in just kind of in summary, um, you know, working with an advisor is certainly a personal decision. There's a lot of different ways um, to to manage money and to manage your financial situation. Um, some people can do it on their own. Uh, we see a lot of folks that are confused on what they should do um, to help, you know, make good, good, smart decisions. And that's one of the roles that an advisor should help you with. It's not just about investments. It's also about making good decisions with your kids and money, your, your state, there's tax planning involved, education. It's very, very broad in what we do. But um, again, um, for some people, advisors um, make sense. For some people it doesn't. So you really got to look at your situation and, and uh, look at the pros and the cons that you know vanguard did a study that said advisors add 3% return um, yeah. on average you know from a lot of different uh, pieces um that they they work on so Maybe plus or minus that based on who you work with and, and the advice that you get. But the studies out there are are fairly consistent between one and a half and it goes up to four percent. But Vanguard did a really thorough study a couple years ago that said three percent was a number.
0: Yeah, and Morningstar <laughs> Investment Management did this other study here that I'm looking at that says one point five nine percent, you know, for the the improved return mm-hmm. that comes from the value that an advisor adds So, you know, clearly there's potential there, but like you said, it's not for everybody. Um, So you just have to look at your individual situation and figure out if you need help doing all these things, if you have the time and energy to tackle it yourself. So um, great topic. All right. And that leads up to our last thing here, and that is the prescription of the week.
1: Yeah, I came across this pretty interesting uh, article and topic about don't, um, you know, there's missing money out there. There are websites. One of them is called missingmoney.com another yeah. one called unclaimed.org that you can actually key your name in and city and and um it will show you uh if you're missing money now I checked my name and I don't have any money out there but you know from a relative standpoint um parents or so forth and I looked at I, you know I, I looked at AARP and and made sure the the websites were legit and that they looked to be legit and there's some other websites yeah. as well from the government but uh, money dot com and then also um, uh, Unclaimed dot org is the other one.
0: Yeah, those are two great <laughs> tips because invariably there'll be somebody in your family that's probably missing money. Kathy sent me a list yesterday off that same website, and there were like there were like twelve Marberts <laughs> that were related to me. that had missing money. Really, two, All right. um, one of them was my grandmother. You know, <laughs> has passed away. Yeah, It was still money in Tennessee. Apparently, it was over a hundred dollars, and and there was. You know, money for another relative that passed away. And so, you know, there's. You could be a hero. There's none for me, but yeah, you know, you could go out there and, and find cool. some money for it. So it is pretty cool. You want to go check it out just to make sure that, you know, there isn't somebody you care about, you know, beside yourself that might have some money out there. Yeah, so go claim it. Yeah, go Easter egg hunting. I like it. <laughs> All right. And that leads up to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. <laughs> Tune in next week for more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us out on our website, moneyanddo.net, and email us your questions at info at or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Smart Lister Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.